The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Star Wars 7x7 episode 869. Today it's a Clone Wars briefing. I'm looking back at Evil Plans. This is season 3, episode 8 of the Clone Wars TV series. Punch it, Chewie. It's rebel-rousing fun for everyday Jedi. Seven minutes a day, seven days a week. Join Alan Voivod for today's Star Wars 7x7 podcast. Destiny Unleashed. Hey, Rebel Rouser. Welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Voivod. And I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just something with Zero the Hut, I guess. I don't know. Any episode so far, it seems, that touches Zero the Hut in any way, shape, or form just does not work for me. And if it does for you, then I'm thrilled for you. Honestly, like, I don't want to spoil your enjoyment of any of the Clone Wars series at all. So if you're digging on Zero the Hut-related episodes, then, hey, you dig on them, and I'm happy for you. For me, like, Zero the Hut doesn't even appear except in a hologram, and this one doesn't even talk. And somehow, just the proceedings are not working for me. So anyway, here's the deal in brief with Evil Plans. It's a prequel episode to Hostage Crisis. Hostage Crisis was actually the last episode of Season 1 of The Clone Wars. And it's the episode in which Cad Bane took a bunch of senators prisoner and demanded the release of Zero the Hut in exchange for the safety of the senators. Of course, he pulled the double cross and tried to blow all the senators up, but Anakin managed to rescue them just in time, but too late to keep Zero the Hut from being freed from prison. So I don't know why we necessarily needed a prequel to that episode. I mean, if you had run this episode as episode 21 of season one, then sure, you know, then it becomes a story arc. But this feels like they had it, you know, I guess, in a list of episodes where they said, no, we can't fit this into season one, but we don't necessarily want to get rid of it. So we'll hold it and we'll use it if we need space in another season where we have to drop in an episode or something like that. So it just feels like they dropped it in. And of course, kids watching it probably, you know, don't necessarily know the difference. They're not concerned with the way the story unfolds or anything like that. They can just drop into an episode and watch it and be like, oh, okay, great. And yeah, I can do that too, sure. But even just dropping into this episode as an episode, still not working for me. And the reason why is that even on its own merits, the episode is straining my credulity. So here's the deal in brief. Padme is throwing a banquet, and it's the most important one of the season. And in particular, it's of concern because there's a Senator Ang who holds the deciding vote on the Military Oversight Committee. So everything has to be perfect, and I guess his species is especially particular about things, including the dessert, which must have Jogan fruit on it. Yes, Jogan fruit is already playing a role in Star Wars. 
I'm used to Jogan Fruit showing up in Star Wars Rebels, actually, but I guess it's been something that's been a source of controversy of some kind or another for much longer than Star Wars Rebels episodes. Anyway, so here's where it first starts straining credulity for me. The fact that there are Jogan Fruit missing from the main dessert was supposed to be R2-D2's responsibility to get the Jogan Fruit. I'm sorry, you give R2-D2 one job, he's going to handle one job, okay? And... I'm already not buying the fact that he didn't handle that job. I know he's not a protocol droid or a chef droid or whatever, but you give him a job, he handles the job. So anyway, Padme asks Anakin to handle it. Anakin gives a bunch of credits to R2 and 3PO and says, go get the Jogan fruit, don't get distracted. And basically he says, hey, see, 3PO, I'm sending you to get it, but I'm sending R2-D2 to keep an eye on you. All right, so, so far, so good. That makes sense. But things are going to unravel pretty quick. So they get the Jogan fruit, but while they're out in the market, they're being spied on by Cad Bane and a couple of droids. And one of these droids goes to find them and tries to convince them to go into a droid spa. Now, both 3PO and R2 know that this banquet, you know, time is of the essence with this thing. So for each of their own individual reasons, they should have been, like, kicking this guy to the curb and ignoring him entirely about the whole droid spa thing. And 3PO, to his credit, does, because he's like, no, we got to get back for this thing. And R2-D2, again, it should be the one job, but maybe it's his rebellious streak in him that says, no, let's hear about this droid spa. So they end up walking over by this droid spa, and while R2-D2 is distracted, another droid shows up and knocks C-3PO into a speeder and zips off, and R2-D2 rolls off into the droid spa, none the wiser. Like, doesn't even notice that 3PO's been taken, alright? So, again, straining my belief to the limit and beyond. You know, R2-D2's supposed to be watching 3PO, Anakin sent him to keep an eye on 3PO, and again, you give R2 one job, he handles the one job. Meanwhile, 3PO is taken to Cad Bane's hideout on Coruscant and is treated none too politely as they try to extract plans for the Senate, the floor plans that will help Cad Bane pull off his mission in Hostage Crisis. But of course, 3PO doesn't have that sort of thing. Blabbermouth that he is, though, he does say, that's not my thing, R2-D2 has that sort of thing. And so you would think that he would keep his mouth shut, but nope, he does not. That did not strain my belief system. <laughs> I could totally imagine him making that kind of blunder. Anyway, so they go up back to R2-D2, and R2 is in the droid spa going through the whole treatment. And I will say that if there is one redeeming quality about this episode, it's how great it was to see R2-D2 get pampered. I mean, if there's a droid in this galaxy that deserves pampering, it's R2-D2. But even with that, I was still a little unnerved and on edge. Like, there was something about the droid spot droid's voices that made it sound like they were about to turn evil on him somehow, and... Couple that with the fact that it was Cad Bane's associate droid that was trying to get R2 and 3PO to go into the droid spa that made me think it was like a front for something and that it was really a place where they were going to mess with the droid. So I was still like on edge the whole time, but the fact that he made it in there and made it out of there, like, yeah, pamper that droid for sure. So as he comes out of the droid spa and looks around and no 3PO and goes, oh boy, here we go. That's when, not too long after, Cad Bane's associate droids show up to try and get him, and R2 has to go run and hide. And to his credit, he actually does, and it's only upon hearing the two droids talking about dismantling 3PO circuit by circuit that R2 basically decides to give himself up in order to save C-3PO. How noble. 
So R2-D2 is taken back to Cad Bane's hideout where they download the floor plans for the Senate and then give them a small memory wipe, just enough to get rid of their memory of the events of the day itself, not the entirety of their memories or lives, which in R2-D2's case... I don't think he's been memory wiped. I mean, I think we had this discussion, first of all, in relation to an earlier episode where General Grievous had had him. It was Downfall of a Droid. I think that was back in season one as well, where we found out that, oops, astromechs are generally supposed to have their memories wiped on a routine basis, but Anakin wasn't doing that, so R2-D2 was carrying tons of critical information, and... Couple that with the later thing that we know, which is that in The Force Awakens, when he's booted up, he's carrying around seven decades worth of information. So apparently they only gave him a one-day memory wipe, in this particular episode at least. But even then, how dangerous was it that R2-D2 got himself captured because of all the data that he would have been carrying around? I mean, it's probably very lucky that Cad Bane only wanted the set at floor plans and didn't decide to go outside the bounds of what he was asked to do. I mean, he could have downloaded the droid's whole memory system and what he could have done with all of that. Oh, gosh, I shudder to think. Anyway, they dropped the droids off back where they were. Luckily, the Jogan fruit that they had bought was lying in a corner someplace, so they were able to return it to the banquet just in time for a dessert. And all's well that ends well, or seemingly so. Meanwhile, Cad Bane goes back to Tatooine and Jabba the Hutt's palace to get paid for the job and is asked to stay while the Grand Hut Council meets and decides what to do about Zero the Hut, which of course leads to them hiring Cad Bane to break him out of prison, which will then lead to the hostage crisis episode. And that is going to do it for Evil Plans Season 3, Episode 8 of the Clone Wars series. And I'd love to hear your thoughts about it, too. Did it strain your credulity the way it strained mine, or did you totally buy it? I'd love to hear your thoughts about it. Please chime in at the comments at the blog post for the show's episode at sw7x7.com. Now, I've got a trivia question for you on the other side of the break. Stay tuned. Hey, Rebel Rouser. You're listening to this podcast. Maybe you'd like to listen to a Star Wars story, too. Luckily, we've got just the thing for you. We've partnered with Audible to give you a free download and a free 30-day trial of their awesome service. All you got to do is go to audibletrial.com SW7X7 to sign up and get your free download. They've got dozens of Star Wars titles. Anything you want to do to explore that galaxy far, far away. One more time for you. audibletrial.com SW7X7. Welcome back. I've got your trivia answer from yesterday and a new one for today for you. The power that we are dealing with here. All right, I'm going to stop you right there, Orson, because it's just trivia we're dealing with right now. You know what? I don't know why this didn't occur to me till just now, but it wasn't Orson the name of the character to whom Robin Williams was reporting when he was doing Mork and Mindy, right? Wasn't it Mork calling Orson? Come in, Orson! I swear, if they try to sneak a Mork from Ork reference into Rogue One, I will be beside myself. All right. Digression. Last time I asked you where the scenes in the Forest of Takadana where Rey and Kylo Ren faced off were filmed, and that was in the Forest of Dean in the UK. Today, your location question is this. Where were some of the exterior scenes for Starkiller Base filmed? Just name the country. That'll do fine. Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you go into hiding in the desert, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And we'll be able to do even more with the show for you with your support at patreon.com SW7x7. It's not a crazy old hermit, it's Destiny Unleashed.
podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2016 Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.